Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to the most electrifying podcast in all of internet radio today. You are listening to the Sports Wire. And yes, this will be up on YouTube uh, later on today as well once I get through editing stuff. I am about to have a inter- an interview with uh, indie wrestling star Jessica Jean. Uh, she goes by the Twitter handle at Wrestling Lady. And uh, I just wanted to basically find out if anybody had any questions. I did put it out there. Uh, she is a pro wrestler and manager of champions, three-time TPW Women's Champion, one-time IWA Women's Champion, one-time FWE Women's Champion. She's based in Cincinnati, Ohio. She is uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jessica Jean Wrestler. And uh, you can go over there and find out, contact, connect with her, and follow her on Twitter at wrestling underscore lady. Uh, I am going to be having an interview with her, but I wanted to at least get this uh, this in, uh, introduction out of the way. I will be back momentarily with my interview with Jessica Jean. Again, my name is Vinny Apicella. You are listening to the Sports Wire, and this will be up on YouTube as well. Uh, so I will be back. Jessica? Yep. All right, you made it on. Yeah, I figured it out through an app, so. Oh, good. Okay. Um, well, my name is Vinny. Um, and so your wrestling name is Jessica Jean? Yes. Okay, Originally, correct. it was JJ Sparks, but I always wanted to use Jessica Jean as the ring name mm-hmm. um, because that's my um, deceased sister's first name and my mother's middle name, and I wanted to use that name as a way to honor both of them. Okay. Wow. Fantastic. I, I'm, I'm sorry that you lost your sister. Yeah. I, uh, she passed away when I was in high school, so it was a long time ago, but it was actually her birthday on the 31st. So. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I got gotcha. you. Um, all right, well, um, I'm going to start the interview uh, right about now, um, and we'll just, I don't have any preset questions or anything, just a normal conversation, and we'll just take it one step at a time. Okay, sounds great. All right. So. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here with uh, female wrestler Jessica Jean. And uh, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, good to connect and uh, have you come on the Sportswire podcast. Uh, So we were just talking a little bit ago uh, before we started the actual interview on how you got your ring name. Um, Uh, So if you would like to enlighten the fans. uh, Yeah, sure. Um, originally my ring name was JJ Sparks. Um, my first trainer, the last outlaw, he decided to do JJ Sparks as my ring name. Um, I did tell them originally, I actually wanted to use the ring name Jessica Jean, um, because Jessica was my deceased sister's name. And then Jean is my mother's middle name. And I wanted to take those names and combine them as my ring name as a way of honoring both of them okay so um 
uh, for a while, I couldn't use the ring name. Um, but then once I was no longer being trained by the last outlaw because he parted ways with the company that I was training with, um, after a while, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to change my ring name to what I actually wanted it to be. Okay, fantastic. All right, well, before we get into your actual wrestling career, let's kind of go back in time a little bit and uh, find out how you first got interested in wrestling in general. Were you a fan growing up? Absolutely. I grew up watching it. Um, My brother was actually the one who got me into it. Um, He was more into WCW. Okay. um, Somehow I came along... Uh, videos VHS tapes of WWF which is now known as WWE and I just fell in love with World Wrestling Federation and just pro wrestling in general I just I love the Attitude Era I thought it was amazing <laughs> well that's awesome I uh, I happen to agree with you I think the Attitude Era was one of the best uh, times in wrestling the Monday Night Wars in general was uh, just when wrestling was at its hottest um so who were some of your uh, your favorites growing up? Um, I definitely liked Shawn Michaels, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, The Undertaker. Um, on the female side, I liked Trish Stratus and Lita, and I absolutely loved Lita with the Hardy Boys as well. Um, I actually, I know she doesn't, I know a lot of people don't really care for her too much because she kind of was more on the diva side of things and not so much on the actual athleticism side, even though she could do some pretty good moves. I actually did um, like Sable at first because she was one of the few women that were around at that time that I was watching. And then I also liked China, who was really, really tough in the ring. Okay. So, so all right. I like, I like that you had a wide range of um, influences, favorites in your time. Um, what was it that drew you to, because you, you know, you're mentioning Lita and Sable in the same, you know, sentence, not, and you're right, not many people really look fondly on Sable's time in the WWE because she wasn't that, like, Trish or Lita that became the, the forebearers of, at that time, the women's uh, movement. So what was it about Sable that actually drew you to her? I think what it was is that she was just so confident. Like, even though she wasn't the best wrestler, like, compared to someone like China, like, she still had that confidence and she still brought her all to to the ring for for what she did during that time. She still gave her all, and you could tell that she still worked hard. Okay. And I I get that, too. Uh, I I remember... Um, when she first broke out when Mark Merrill was her and they had her coming out with, you know, just being the uh, the model, so to speak, for the T-shirts. But then when her and Merrill split up, when Mark Merrill came back and did the jealousy angle and she had the, uh, it was the, I believe it was, it was a SummerSlam match, if I'm not mistaken. It was Jackie and Mark Merrill against Sable and, Edge, who was a newcomer at the time, it it was a it was a great story. No, I agree absolutely, and I think like it just kind of showed that she wasn't gonna take crap from a man 
regardless of her past relationship with him. Like, it just kind of showed that she was confident in who she was as a woman, that she was a strong, independent woman, and that she, like I said, even though she wasn't the best women's wrestler, she mm-hmm. still went in there and she kicked butt. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I I agree with you. I, I mean, you know, there was, there was always, there's always been, and still to this day, that debate of who was the bigger uh, influence in terms of the first WWE diva, whether it was Sonny or Sable. Um, now, you know, mentioning that Sable was on your, you know, on your radar, part of your favorites. Um, did you, were you uh, as a fan of Sonny, or was she in WCW by that time, or ECW, or wherever she was went? Um, on the one VHS tape that I that I still have to this day, <laughs> on the one VHS tape I have, I know that they did show her. So she was um, she was in it for a little while when I was watching it, um, but I, I just didn't like. I didn't really get into hers as much. Like I was more into Sable and China. Um, Sunny just didn't really like. I don't know what it was. She just didn't really like had that connect. I didn't have that connection with her. Okay. Uh, okay, that's fair. Absolutely. Um, so, moving on, we'll you know because I want to bring up China a little bit later and something else I want to talk about. So we'll we'll kind of talk about China a little bit later. But so going through high school and then uh, do you graduate high school and then go into wrestling school or? How did your uh, transition to wrestling school come about? Um, well, I graduated high school, and then I took a couple years off, just kind of worked, like, just jobs, kind of save up some money. And mm-hmm. then at that point, I went to college. And then right after I graduated college, I had already d- had in my mind this this game plan that as I was going to save up money, and I was going to go to wrestling school a year after graduation well come about maybe a month or two i actually just celebrated my my anniversary of my rest of my wrestling debut um just as a timekeeper but okay um it was like july 24th i believe Um, okay but uh yeah so july 24th 2014 it was like a little while after I, it wasn't that too, that too long after I graduated college. Um, my dad came home uh, from the flea market and he was like, hey, I'm going to take you to this wrestling show. Um, I met up with a promoter up at the flea market. He was advertising a show. I told him how you wanted to be a wrestler. And he told me to bring you to the show that night and Great. you could discuss it. And that's when I debuted as a timekeeper that night and that's when I started training. That's awesome. So your, your family was supportive then? Surprisingly. Yes. <laughs> um, I was kind of surprised. I was like, really, you actually okay with this? Um, my mom at first, uh, when she saw like all the bruises and the stuff from, from training, mm-hmm. um, she was like, why are you putting your body through this? <laughs> but <laughs> But, I mean, she watches wrestling, too. Like, she literally watches, gets, as soon as she comes home every morning from work, she goes downstairs, she turns on the Attitude Air, and she watches Stone Cold. That's her, that's her favorite. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's awesome. But it's, it's great that your dad, 
you know, was looking out for you uh, in terms of that. Um, now, starting off as a timekeeper, were you, I mean, at this point, kayfabe is dead anyways, so everybody knows that it's the work, but were you, uh, like, given any kind of cues in terms of how the matches are going to end, when to ring the bell, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, or were you literally just there going on a reaction? For me, it was more of a reaction. Um, okay. I mean, they told me basically like, hey, once, you know, you hear the one, two, three, ring the bell. Um, okay. Then ring it, obviously, or, you know, ring it when, you know, the ref tells you to ring it, you know, for like a disqualification or to start the match or whatever. But I remember one time, actually, this is kind of a funny story. Um, and it's definitely kind of like a rookie thing. Um, I rang the bell after the match and it just didn't ring very loudly. Okay. And nobody really heard it. And the person that I actually team up with now, um, he was out there just kind of like for support for like one of the other members of our group. Mm-hmm. And he totally just like ribbed me on it. <laughs> he was like, ring the bell, ring it again. <laughs> and, so, and, and I just, I broke, I started laughing and he started laughing. So it's kind of a funny story of how, I started out with um, our, my first experience pretty much with the person that I team up with now. That was like our first interaction. So it was pretty funny. Okay. That, that's hilarious. I mean, I mean but it's, hey, it, it's uh, rookie. It happens, you know? Um, yeah. It's a learning experience. <laughs> exactly. So how long were you a, uh, you know, a timekeeper before you started training? Um, well, I was, I was training and I was doing the timekeeper thing at the same time. Like I okay. literally started, I, I did the timekeeper thing that first night. And then the next weekend was when I actually started physically training. Um, they, they were open to me doing it the next day to start training, but I decided to wait a week so that I could actually get things that I needed to prepare for it, like elbow pads and knee pads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, a week later, I actually started uh, doing the physical training of learning to run the ropes and take the bumps. Um, uh, for a timekeeper, I wasn't a timekeeper very long before they transitioned me to, like, a ring girl and then to, like, a valet slash manager. So okay. it, that all kind of happened pretty fast, um, especially when they were able to get a few other girls in there. Um, and then it wasn't until like maybe a couple years later of training that I had my first match. Um, and that was okay. kind of on my, my, my choice. Cause, uh, they actually wanted me to do a match sooner, but I told them I didn't feel like I was ready. So I wanted to train a little bit more. So. Okay. So where, where did you train? Um, uh, originally I, I was training in, um, Middletown, Ohio, uh, for Tough Pro Wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I got my start. Um, I've trained a couple different places since then um, just because situations change. And then it's also, you know, training with w- more people and getting a vast and diverse experience of training with different people. It's, it's like a way of growing and learning and honing your craft. Right. No, absolutely. That's that's great. Um, so you started in two thousand fourteen. 
that brings you, you know, you're in the business for six years now. Um, where else have you, uh, where else have you trained? Um, well, I've trained with the person that I'm, I'm teaming up with now. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I've trained with him, um, for a while, Tough Pro Wrestling actually did bring in Jimmy Wang Yang, so I had the opportunity okay. to work with him for a few months, and that was a good experience. Um, definitely learned a lot from him. Uh, he's very knowledgeable in, in this profession, and I know mm -hmm. that his daughter's uh, actually started now, and I think, oh, okay. she, I think she's gonna. I think she's got great potential. That's fantastic. We'll have to keep an eye on on uh, eye on the scene for her. Yeah, I think she's had a few a few matches now, um, okay. including in Japan, which is really really cool. Mm -hmm. So, have you been over to Japan yet, or no? Um, unfortunately, I have not. Um, if, okay. I don't know if that opportunity will ever happen for me, but if it does, like I definitely would consider it for sure. Okay. Yeah, from what I, I mean, like there's so much wrestling in the world now. It honestly feels, at least in my opinion, from what, what's on TV, what's on the internet, there's more wrestling around now than back in the territory days because you've got so many indie, uh, you know, indie groups throughout the country. But then in Japan, you know, you always hear about New Japan, but then there's, uh, I believe, Stardom is out there as well um, for an all-women's league. Which is what gave us, uh, I believe, Kyrie Sane, Asuka. Uh, I think Riho was out there as well. Some of the AEW women. Uh, how do you how do you view um, the the state of women's wrestling right now? Um, I think that you know I, I think that there's more up, which is great. Um, I think mm -hmm. that. In a way, we're still trying to fight for that equality, though, because there's still okay. with the speaking out movement, for example, I know that there is still like a lot of discrimination um, in wrestling and not just for the women, but even for the men, too, because there's even men that spoke out um, saying how they were treated unfairly in the business. And but I definitely think that going from the women's aspect, I think that things have changed a lot and. I think that it's changed for the better um, mm -hmm. because women are like main eventing now, which is awesome. Like if you yeah. like 10, 20 years ago, you probably wouldn't have seen that. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember the first women's main event on raw was uh, Lita and Trish um, in a singles match when it was a complete, you know, completely a women's main event. And I think that was 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere around there. So um, it's come a long way uh, because, I mean, just coming from, you know, a, let's say a casual wrestling fan, not somebody that, that's really a diehard fan that goes to the indie shows or whatever, you're basing your fandom on WWE, whether it's right or wrong. They're the ones that have been around for the longest. And there was a time there in the late 2000s, early 2010s, up until – I want to say up until NXT really got the ball rolling, but you had a lot of, you know, models in there, like the uh, George Giovanni, and even even uh, during the uh, era of like Christy Hemi and um, 
you know, the late Ashley Massaro, who actually, I was impressed because she actually did become a great wrestler. But you have a lot of the models that were hired for their looks and not necessarily for their uh, talent or their ability. Uh, and women's wrestling has come a long way now that, you know, you, you see Raw SmackDown, a women's main event, anytime. Oh, yeah, definitely. I know, like... Like, I know, like, a lot of the girls that came in just as models, not knowing what they were doing, a lot of them didn't get that opportunity to, to train because the company just wouldn't allow them, even though they wanted mm-hmm. to. Um, but then there was some girls that still managed to find a way to, you know, improve and become great women wrestlers, especially during that time. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't say that all of them you know, improved, but a lot of them did. Like, even Candice Michelle improved. Like, I remember, like, yep. watching a match one time on Raw, and, like, she was just – her athleticism was on, like, amazing, and then she was just working a lot faster than what she would normally do, and I said, oh, wow, she's she's getting better. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and Candice Michelle was kind of in that, in that group that I was, you know, making reference to, but, you know, she was hired because – she was the go go daddy girl, you know, during the Super Bowl uh, commercials, uh, Super Bowl commercials, you know, and then you had, you know, Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler around that time. I will say, you know, but it did provide us with Victoria, who by far is one of the best women wrestlers of all time. Oh, yes, I definitely agree. Like, like, I wish that. I, I can't change the past, but I wish that her last match with WWE had been a win. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can't change that. I, I I had heard something about her had possibly having – she was supposed to be, I guess, in the Royal Rumble this past year or something like that, and it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that was their plan or not, and things just fell through mm-hmm. or what. But it would have been nice to have seen her, seen her in the Rumble. No, I agree. Um, I absolutely agree with you. Um, but all right, let's, let's kind of get more into your career now. Um, so you're training out there. It's 2014. You start as a, as a timekeeper. You're training for a couple of years, uh, training with some of the, you know, guest superstars that come in, bring me through some of your, uh, you know, your training days or your training classes. Was it, uh, I assume it wasn't an equal number of male and female. So, I mean, how were how were the training? Well, when I first started out, it was I was the only girl. <laughs> okay. When it, when it first started out, I was the only girl. Um, and then a couple weeks, maybe a couple months later, they brought in two more girls. Um, one of them is still in the business. The other one is not, um, which is okay. kind of surprising because I thought she would be the one. I thought she would still be in it because um, she seemed like she was pretty serious about it. But I guess. I guess things just kind of changed and maybe, maybe something happened and she wasn't able to uh, train anymore or something. I I don't know exactly the situation, but um, yeah. So for a while there was a few girls and then after a while it was kind of only me as the only girl again, because the other girl ended up started training for another company. Um, So Eventually, it came down to the point where there's only, like, a few a few people that, like, I would regularly train with. And then once I lost my original trainer, 
they had to go and try to find somebody else. And at that point, I was just kind of training with whoever showed up early for the shows and just working yep. with them just so I could get some training time in. Um, so I remember like one time I was training with like Wild Bull Miller, uh, who I actually okay. ended up working for his promotion, um, IWA, um, until he passed away. And then the promotion um, started being run run by someone else and I'm not sure I don't I don't think that promotion's running anymore um okay. from from what I've heard um but I don't know they may have changed the name or something like that I I don't know the full situation on that um because around the time that that all happened I was actually uh having to take time off due to health issues so okay but um but uh going back to the training thing um I trained with him and his uh tag team partners and stuff at the time and then I trained with a few other friends in the business um that showed up before the shows like uh Rob Vatone I remember being there early I would sometimes get in there and train with him um if Malice uh happened to be down from Michigan down in Ohio I would I would work with him um same with his tag team partner Sabotage um sometimes uh, members of my uh, my team that I was that I'm that I'm with SOM uh, sometimes uh, Rooster and Rain would show up early and I'd get to work with them um, and then eventually they brought in Jimmy and I started working with him it was me and then a referee that was trying to learn some wrestling um, some wrestling skills so we trained okay. with him for a few months and then at that point, that's when I, after I was, after that kind of fell through, um, uh, I tried, I started training with my current tag team partner. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you said training with your current tag team partner and, you know, you made references and, you know, I do, and, uh, by what you said, it was, a, it's a male. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but so how do you see and this is this is when i was going to bring up china because you know she was known at least in the early part of her wwe career you know she was former intercontinental champion beating jeff jarrett she would constantly be in tag team matches uh teaming with x-pac or road dog or billy gunn uh you know to to take on the other two i think it was x-pac or road dog against china and billy gunn uh the, the hot topic right now, or one of the hottest topics in wrestling right now, is intergender matches. Um, and how, obviously, going through wrestling training and, and learning, it's going to be both men and women together. You're going to take the same bumps. You're going to be, you know, doing the same training, and I get that. Uh, but when it comes to, you know, actual shows, how do you see the, the, intergender, the intergender movement? going right now um my view on it is that if a girl can train with the men and most of us have been trained by the men uh, not very many of us have been strictly trained by women uh but if a girl can train with the men then i think she should be able to wrestle a man on the show like it's no different you're just in front of an audience um i understand that some promotions are against it 
uh, because they view it as like it, that it, as it looks like domestic abuse. But it's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's it's a sport. It's a competitive sport, and if we can train with the men, we should be able to wrestle them. <laughs> okay, I can understand that point of view absolutely, and it does make sense. Um, a lot of the criticism comes in, you know, and you you would brought up brought up sometimes the intergender matches, you know, kind of makes it look like, um, you know, domestic abuse and, you know, growing up a lot, the majority of, of, you know, males are taught never hit a woman or never hurt a woman. And we know while this is a, you know, it's a a predetermined, you know, sports entertainment, um, you still have to, you know, suspend your disbelief for a while while you're watching it. So when you, when you're, in an intergender situation, whether it's a male and female against two males or, or you know, uh, one man and woman versus one man and woman, um, do you do any different uh, types of uh, – do you do any different types of moves to, to put that together so it looks more believable? Um, I think it depends on who you're working with and what story you're trying to tell in the ring. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, if you've got a story going where, like, you got a girl and she just keeps getting bullied by these guys, then obviously, at some point, if they keep, like, pushing her and pushing her and pushing her, eventually she's going to get angry enough that she's going to, you know, go all out on them and hit them. Right. You know, whether whether they were stalking her as the storyline or just continuously coming up and ganging up on her and beating her up or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I haven't really, I don't, I personally haven't really done anything different. Like I just, I, I still incorporate my move set, but okay. at the same time, like if there's like something that I can make different to enhance the story, I'm definitely gonna jump on that. Okay. All right. Um, and just one more thing, just uh, bringing up the intergender. Like I said earlier, China has, you know, China had been an intercontinental champion previously um and i guess part of her uh struggles with the with the wwe was that they wanted to strictly move her to the women's division um you know which is why she became a women's champion as well um just recently you know not too long ago uh tessa blanchard had become impact's world champion uh i believe she beat brian cage for the title if i'm not mistaken and, you know, seeing more Brian Cage on AEW now, and I honestly haven't seen much of Tessa Blanchard just because I just got back into Impact myself. Um, those matches, the match between uh, Tessa and Brian Cage, uh, how did you, did you, did you see the match? Did you see the matches? Um, I had not seen those ones pers- personally, but I had like okay. read the results and stuff like that. So I know mm-hmm. that she had actually, you know, won. Um, mm-hmm. but I have seen some of her other matches, um, not okay. from Impact, but like from like on the Indies and stuff like that. So I have seen her work. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So let's, uh, kind of get back, uh, how do you see your future in the business? You've been in there for been in the business for six years. Um, 
do you still consider yourself uh do you, obviously you're on the indie scene which is kind of taking a hit because of coronavirus whatever you know and all this pandemic um what do you think your logical next step is have you had any tryouts for AEW or wwe or impact um unfortunately not um like as I mentioned earlier, I actually had to take some time off uh, to deal with a health issue. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, that time out took a lot longer than I expected. Um, I was okay. hoping it would only be a few months, and it turned out to be a lot longer. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, so I've been kind of back sporadically every now and then since okay. then. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I've I've come back as a manager a couple times. Um, I've had a couple matches just surprise you know matches um but i haven't had actually been able to have like my actual big comeback yet um mm-hmm. i'd actually was planning to have that this year i was hoping by this summer like june mm-hmm. that i would have been back um back in the you know to doing matches again and training and stuff like that. Um, but unfortunately with the pandemic, that just didn't pan out because um, right now in Ohio, I believe they can't even do shows. Like they won't yeah. allow it at all. Uh, I think they just recently started doing trainings again, but I, I heard that there's some pretty strict rules regarding that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly sure how they're going about doing training. I, I don't even, I know there's some promotions that haven't even, started doing training again because of everything going on so yeah um so so obviously that was a big hit that the pandemic caused for you is that you weren't able to get back to your big return um and yeah just recently ohio they put out the mask mandate they're you know on one of the uh, quarantine states that like can't travel to like the Connecticut, New York, New Jersey area without quarantining for 14 days. Um, and actually I was just out in Ohio uh, in the Cincinnati area back in um, at the end of May. And it was, you know, they weren't, they weren't enforcing the, the mask rule. Um, and it seems like the, the, the wave of the pandemic has moved out there. So when was the last time that you were able to actually get into the ring? Um, well, the last time I was able to get into the ring was like back in January. Um, and I was, okay. I was managing uh, a match for Nicholas Davidson, but I was able to actually kind of get in there and still get kind of physically involved. Like basically like jumped, jumped up and like, you know, was trying to distract the ref, distract the rest of uh, his opponent. And his opponent actually kind of like hit me and made me fall to the ground. But that provided the distraction for Nick to win. Okay. So you did your job. Oh, yeah, I dropped. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you prefer being a heel or a baby face? Um, I, I love being a heel because it's, okay. it's like a totally different experience as a heel than as a face. Like as a face, you get to be all happy, bubbly, positive, and that's kind of just what I try to be all the time. Um, mm-hmm. as a heel, I get to be a little bit more assertive, more aggressive, you know, I, I can just be like, 
mad at the world and I can let my sarcasm out. I can do that in a way that's comedic. So mm-hmm. that's I actually enjoy being a heel, but I feel like with my career, I've been more of a baby face. Um, okay. I, but I would definitely want more experience as a heel. So, and thankfully with my tag team partner, I actually do get to have that experience more as a heel. But when it's me just kind of doing my own thing, it's more they put me as a baby face. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Okay, I can understand that. Now, when it comes to like women, uh, and forgive me for my ignorance, but do they do they base your heel babyface persona off off your looks? Honestly, I think it is. I think it is. Um, I think it's because you know, oh, she's kind of got that, you know, the blonde hair, blue eye, kind of all American Girl Next Door look. Um, and mm-hmm. then I've got the bubbly personality normally, so they're thinking, oh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, this is baby face. This screams baby face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, what are some of your goals for, like, the pending this pandemic ends within the next, uh, like, I mean, I personally feel that it's going to end after election day, but that's conspiracy theory on my part. Um, but with this, you know, with the pandemic here, hopefully it does end pretty fairly soon so that we can get back to a normal, you know, we get, we get back to normal wrestling events. What would be your, your future career goals? Do you have the aspirations to get to an AEW or WWE or Ring of Honor, Impact, et cetera, et cetera? Um, well, I definitely have career goals. Um, first of all, obviously get back in that ring and do what mm-hmm. I love to do. Um, I actually have like a little wrestling bucket list saved um, Mm -hmm. of things I want to do before my career is over, even though I always say that I'll never retire. I'll end up being like, nay, (laughs) never retire. (laughs) But, (laughs) but like my, uh, I want to do guest commentary for for a match. Um, I would love to participate in, I've participated in intergender rumble, but I really want there to be like a women's rumble somewhere on the indies that I can participate in because I think that would be really cool to see just to see Mm -hmm. all these women from all over the world participating in an independent women's rumble I think that would be pretty cool um I definitely want to win tag team championships because I've never been a tag team champion I've been like women's champion Mm -hmm. a, a couple times but I've my goal championship wise next would be actually to be a tag team champion um, okay. as for the mainstream, um, if I get the opportunity to try out, I'll absolutely try out. And if it goes somewhere, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I'm hopefully that there's another May Young classic. Uh, I would assume next, next summer there'll be another one. Um, so if you got the call and let's say Triple H was on the other line, on the other end or Mark Carano or. Uh, anybody else involved in the higher ups with WWE or NXT, then uh, you'd have your bags packed in a flash. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm <laughs> on the next flight. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's fantastic. I don't, hopefully, we'll be able to see you um, up on the you know on WWE or NXT TV. Yeah, um, there's been there's been some girls that I've worked with that have been able to uh, make appearances on. WWE, so I'm I'm actually very proud of those girls. I think it's amazing that they're accomplishing so many amazing things, and I hope they even get to go on to bigger things. Well, the next time WWE gets a chance to travel, you know, and they're in the 
Ohio area, maybe you'll get tapped as an extra, at least get your foot in the door there. Oh, yeah, I would love that. That would be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so as a wrestling fan now, switching gears a little bit, um, what there's so much wrestling on TV, even I can't keep up with it. But uh, what do you normally watch on a, on a, in a normal week in terms of wrestling? Um, I keep up with WWE, um, so I'm mm -hmm. keeping up with it. Um, I try to keep up with AEW. Um, usually I get to, if I get to watch it, it's usually on the weekends. Um, mm -hmm. That's when I try to catch up on it. But um, unfortunately, I haven't been watching Impact as much. Um, but I have been watching WWE, and I'm trying to keep up with AEW as well. Okay, yeah, you know, it's it's funny because, like, I didn't watch – I think WWE has kind of spoiled everybody with the WWE Network, and all their pay-per-views are on the network, so it's still including that nine ninety nine a month. Although I have been hearing rumors where they're going to try to get, like, the main four off of the network and onto, like, you know, the Fight app or – Fox Sports app or whatever. It's, that's in the pipeline from what I heard. But, like, you know, I saw Slammiversary. I didn't watch it, but I saw that it was on this past Saturday or last Saturday. And, um, you know, some of, the guys, some of the guys that were released from the WWE in April made their way over there. You know, Gallows and Anderson, Eric Young, EC3, and uh, – Deanna Perrazzo, who's the new Knockouts champion. And it actually got my interest in Impact back just from those signings. Um, so if you have the opportunity to, um, definitely give them another chance. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think what it is just been more of a timing thing. I just haven't had yeah. the time to just watch everything because I'm trying yep. to, like, see what's going on with the indies of, like, with the states that actually are getting to do some stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and just getting to watch, obviously, WWE, that's, you know, it's that's easy access with the network and all that. Um, right. And then AEW has just really been keeping me interested um, just to see what they're doing because it's 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 kind of got, like, a different vibe, like a different energy compared to the other promotions right now. It's kind of like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Well, how do you view the AEW women's division? Because I know it's been... Uh, criticism of theirs that their their women's division is lackluster at this point. Um, I honestly, I'm kind of intrigued by this this tag team tournament they're about to do. Um, yep. I think that's going to bring in some fresh faces. Um, so I'm interested to see who surprisingly shows up. Um, I mean, we already know a couple people that are going to show up. Like we already know mm -hmm. that uh, former WWE diva Cameron is going to show up. Um, yep. And I know I've heard something about a uh, Tainara. Uh, showing up possibly uh, I think Jericho kind of spoiled that or something yeah that actually that tag team match happens tonight as we're recording um, it's Nyla Rose and Ariane um, versus Ty, Ty Conti and oh who was her tag I, they, they posted online but it's going to be on their YouTube channel uh, tonight as of uh, 7 o'clock as we're taping it um but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. Now, how do you feel about Nyla Rose being part of the women's division, being the first openly transsexual um, uh, female to be in a major promotion? 
I know a lot of there's been a lot of controversy and whatever. Me personally, I I don't care. It's a predetermined uh, you know, it's a predetermined outcome anyways. So I say more power to her. Oh, I, I agree. Um I actually there's a there's a member of our group SOM. Uh her her name is Miss Kara Kira Bancock and mm-hmm. she's actually um trans. So okay. like she's she's like a man but she dresses up like a woman and sometimes she looks better than us women, so <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I actually she was actually one of the first people I talked to when I started um when I actually showed up there that first night and like she was absolutely awesome. Like she gave me advice right away. Like she she was super nice and like so I don't I don't have a problem with it, you know. Okay. Yep, I can understand that. All right. So um So what are you doing now? Like, what's your what's your uh, training schedule like? I'm I'm not talking about training in the ring, but I mean, are you able to kind of hit the gym, or the gym still gym's closed out there, or um, are you able to work out at all to kind of keep your body in ring shape? Um, I actually I I work out at home. Uh, so okay, yeah, that's where I exercise. I work exercise at home. Um, I know that they the gyms I believe are open here from my knowledge, mm-hmm. but I, I, I know that they have the mask policy and um, yep. stuff like that. Um, Cause I know like some of the girls that I've worked with in the past are hitting the gyms uh, cause their gyms opened up finally. So that gave them the opportunity to get back in the, get back into shape, you know, kind of shake off some of that rust of uh, not being able to uh, exercise the way they normally would. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure they've exercised at home, tried to, you know, just deal with it as best as they could when their gyms were closed. Um, but for me, I exercise at home because I just it's easier for me that way. Um, OK. Yeah, I've always kind of exercised at home. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, I've debated joining a gym, but it's it's always just been easier for me to just exercise at home. Uh, so that's what okay. I do. And then I also um, I, I've got all this stuff planned out. Like I just kind of, I've always have wrestling on my mind. So I'm thinking Mm -hmm. merchandise ideas. I'm thinking, how can I amp up my gimmick when I come back or change my gimmick or change the theme music or whatever. I'm always thinking of constant different ways of um, taking it up a notch. So like, I've got a list of possible songs as the new theme music. I've got um, a whole bunch of like t-shirt ideas um, just merchandise ideas. Um, I. What is your current theme song? Um, my current theme song is "Heaven Knows" by Pretty Reckless. Okay. Um, unless I'm unless I'm with uh, Nick Nicholas Davison, then it's either um, "Shepherd of Fire" by Avenged Sevenfold, or it's um, uh, "Thunderkiss '75," yep. I believe is what it, what it like is. Like zombie. Yes. Yep. Um, it just depends on. I think it's under sixty-five. Oh, fit, yep. okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure yep. about the number, but um, I know like it depends on what music he decides to use that day. He usually prefers using Thunder Kiss. Okay, I'm a huge Rob Zombie mark, so I mean, I I've got a lot of his CDs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay, so um, do you have a do you have a store on Pro Wrestling Tees? Um, I do not, but my um. Nick does. He actually just got okay. one. 
Yeah. All right. Great. Um, so where can people get your merchandise now? Um, well, right now I don't have any current merchandise. I actually like oh, sold okay. my, yeah, I sold my, um, my last like t-shirts like a while back. Um, I had a fan hit me up online, um, asking if they could, if they, if I had any shirts available and I just happened to have a few left and I said, well, I got mm-hmm. a few left in this size. Is that okay? Um, mm-hmm. and they said, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm a collector. So you know, I'll, I'll definitely take them. And I'm like, okay. And then I mailed them. So I'm kind of like, don't have anything right now. Um, mm-hmm. But as our group, um, SOM, there are some SOM shirts out there through um, his pro wrestling t-shirt uh, uh, store. Uh, which okay. is Nicholas Davidson. So. Okay. And he so, just got those up, so. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Um, so, Yeah. For all you people out there listening, uh, SOM, what does that stand for? Uh, it stands for Sins of Man. Okay. Um, so go on to Pro Wrestling Tees and look up uh, Nicholas Davidson, you said? Uh, yeah, Nicholas Davidson. Okay. And then uh, find the SOM shirt. And uh, So how could, uh, how could fans uh, reach you, um, you know, and, and, and kind of – follow you on social media. We know that your Twitter handle is at wrestling underscore lady. Um, how about, and I see you have a Facebook as well. Um, yes. Um, I have a Facebook fan page and it's just literally, um, Jessica Jean wrestler right after you write, okay. you know, facebook.com. Um, and I also have an Instagram, which is also wrestling underscore lady. Um, okay. So those are a few ways that you can um, get in touch with me. Okay. Um, great. Uh, do you have any advice for anybody who's listening that, you know, wants to get into the wrestling industry, whether it's, I mean, I, and it, could, it doesn't have to be, you know, just specifically towards uh, boys or girls, but just anybody out there that, you know, that wants to get into the industry. Um, I think if it's something that you really, really feel passionate about, you really want to try it, then absolutely go for it. Um, do the research, find a place where you can train at, um, exercise, eat healthy, drink lots of water. Um, just the more serious you take it, mm-hmm. the better your chances are of succeeding in this business. So absolutely, you know, go for it. Um, just, just never give up. Um, even when you get stressed out, because there will be times where you'll get stressed out, don't give up. If this is something that you really want to do, do it. Like make your dream come true. That's fantastic. Well, Jessica, thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, I, I, again, I want to thank you. I think your story is great. And, uh, I hope to see you on, uh, WWE or NXT, you know, within the next few years. Thank you very much. I appreciate being on the show. I appreciate um, getting to know you, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. All right. Uh, so I just uh, so so that's where I'll cut off the uh, interview. Okay. Um, so thank you. I I really appreciate it. Um, I was following you for a while on Instagram until my account got got banned. Um, but no, I'm I'm uh, I'm glad that 
I'm glad that you're going to be getting back into the ring as soon as you can. And uh, that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was like an honor to be on your show. Yeah, no, absolutely. I will get this posted. I'll probably post it tomorrow. I'm in the middle of putting up a lot of archive footage up on YouTube, which, if you can't tell by all the posts. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely uh, have this episode up by tomorrow on both YouTube and on for the video and Anchor for the audio. Awesome. That sounds great. Um, uh, just let me know when it when it gets posted, and I'll, I'll definitely share it. Oh, absolutely. It. Yeah, no, absolutely. I will. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. You, Bye-bye. You take care. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right, so that was uh, my interview with Jessica Jean, um, and just fantastic how she's you know started the industry as a timekeeper, and uh, now she's you know waiting to make her in-ring return once all this coronavirus garbage gets out of the way. Uh, but it was a great interview. I want to thank her for coming on, and uh, like she said, you can go ahead and follow her fan page on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash slash Jessica Jean Rustler, and uh, follow her on Twitter and Instagram, at Wrestling underscore Lady. Again, my name is Vinny Apicelli. You can follow me on Facebook, I'm sorry, on Twitter, at the Apicella SWE. Uh, follow the Sportswire on Twitter, at Sportswire Audio. Um, you can also go to our YouTube page, YouTube.com slash Sportswire, S-W-E, and uh, follow us on uh, Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash Sportswire Audio, and go to SportswireAudio.com, which brings you to our Anchor page anyways. But again, I want to thank Jessica G for coming on the show. My next show uh, will be uh, another interview. Um, This time, it's not going to be a wrestling personality. It's actually going to be... uh, a fire, fire uh, performer troupe. Actually, two people uh, who uh, are the brainchild of the Firefly Flow troupe. Not the Firefly Funhouse, but uh, I'll be recording that episode in a couple of days or tomorrow. Get that up probably by next week. Uh, this show, I want to thank you, uh, thank you all for listening again. My name is Vinny Abasello. Thank you for listening to Sportswire. We'll see you again uh, next time.